I'm Rob. I'm E. And I'm Samir Chip Garrett. This is one down the street, my God. Trying to find what to eat, my God. Bloody bills keep the heat, my God. My God, my God. Tips on down the street, my God. Heart heavy with the premonitions. Fuck death, man, I'm on a mission. Looking at myself in the mirror too long, two feet, two legs, two lungs. Tattletales, take your last breath. Where I live, man, fuck the address. Been stuck, been, been a drill, ain't been asked how I feel a feel. Just loud noise over sentimental songs, sentimental mood. Tears turn the pools, bitches in the poop, crashing out the coop. Damn, what we gon' do? Winter has a way of breaking mass. So it's Yes, yes. Welcome to the next movement. Samira, thank you so much for joining us. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we're excited to to talk with you and certainly want to talk about uh, the new record. I got bands for the moon landing. Yes, my baby. My child. (laughs) (laughs) But to start. I just wanted to ask, because I think I heard that you had your own podcast for a while. Is that true? First of all, how do you know that? Is that like, (laughs) (laughs) is this Narwhal? I'm like, did I pop into (laughs) Narwhal? What is this? So I did. It was was, um, in high school. I think I was 16. Oh, wow. Yeah, my mentor, because I'm 21 now, but to give you some time a reference, but my mentor at the time in this youth space I used to go to called Umedia, he was a hip hop mentor. And he was teaching us all about like hip hop. He was an old head. All like, oh, he's like, uh, hip hop, like these are the elements, these are this, that, and the third. Like he was really the person to go to for hip hop fundamentalism, all that. And he was like, Samira, I have an idea to start a podcast um, called Underground Feedback Stereo. And I think he had already put out like a collaborative project amongst the youth, um, which I was also a part of, called the same title, Underground Feedback Stereo. He's like, I want to turn this concept into a podcast. And it was very much radio style, though. It was very like, you know, you say something funny or cheeky and then okay, boom, here's the song. I would basically just introduce every song. And then I had control of my my young ass. Like he, he was acting like I was the talent that he was managing or something. And he was always on me like, where's the episode? I'm like, nigga, I'm in high school. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to be doing? Like, like <laughs> you're not very Gordy, like, like, <laughs> like for real. So at a certain point, maybe it's like a five episode span. I would be like, come up with my own ideas. I'd be like, okay, let's get a guest. And I would interview, like, I started interviewing my friends who did music. And I started, I don't care how small or big they were, whatever, like, then I started interviewing, like, kind of bigger folks in the underground scene. Mm. But it'd be more so Marsalis' friends who were, like, older, and they would come in and just talk to them. But, yeah, that's how kind of that podcast was. And I just enjoyed it because I got to do a whole, like, basically playlist of all this like weird shit I had found in high school that I couldn't talk about with nobody else. I would just put it in the podcast and boom. <laughs> That's pretty dope. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that sounds a little bit like what, what started our podcast, just wanted wanting a space to talk about the music that we, that we love. Music to nerd out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's sure. great. Well, I hope yeah. it didn't creep you out. I mean, we pride ourselves on our <laughs> research <laughs> here and 
I think I heard that <laughs> on a podcast interview you did for, I think it was called Smoke Break. Wow. Now you talk to now, look at Narwar for <laughs> Because, yeah, Smoke Break was my old friend's podcast. And he, like, I was on the, his independent label he was trying to start called Frida. And we had already been working together. He was like, I'm doing this podcast. It was very one-off, kind of like three, four episodes. But, like, we sat down, we would smoke a little bit. And him and his friend, Rachel, would just inter- interview me. I forgot all about that. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, it's, it's still <laughs> out there, so. That's scary to me. Technology, I'm like, can you delete everything after a certain point? Yeah. <laughs> can we delete? But, wow. Well, I'm happy to blow your mind with that. I just thought no, it was. That, that I, I just thought it was interesting. I had no, you know, when we uh, reached out to you, I had no idea that you had a podcast background. So yeah, a little bit. <laughs> All right, so you've got the the new project. I got bands for the moon landing, which is um, yes. really great, incredible. I, I've really mm-hmm. enjoyed this record. Well, thank you, thank you. I'm so happy you like it. Yeah, no, thank you. My current sort of conception of the record is that it's largely about you trying to find things that we all want like love understanding peace Mm -hmm. on a planet that is often chaotic and perhaps deciding that it just might be easier at times to escape somewhere else Mm -hmm. um and for me one particular track i tried to meditate on the ship really Mm -hmm. seems to like be a summary of all that but i wonder what this album is about for you I feel like you kind of got like the gist of it, but I think a lot of times I've had to like grow up fast. And what that means is like that rapid growing makes has made my head so swirly. And like, I have so many ideas and I have so many, like I'm over here and I'm over there and I'm over there. And I think like your mind is like a form of escapism and like your mm. reality is escapism. And especially again, being black and like, being like a woman like you want to escape (laughs) you want to sometimes feel like you want to run away from these things right and the world like I think in certain aspects like makes me feel boogeyman when I'm just like a scared kid all that to say like I think in this album it's me being like first of all I got bands for the moon landing kind of an affirmation of like I can afford anything I want to you know Mm-hmm. not true in the moment but like the world is mine like I can have anything do anything like I can afford it with my heart I'm big on like meditation and abundance and I know some people be like ah, blah, blah. but like that shit is real and this is very like valid and I just think this album was a lot about like escapism and the push and pull between like no but I deserve to be here and like no but you deserve that like your own like you have enough to curate your own, you know what I'm saying? But I think a lot of it was escapism. A lot of it is like very like, it's a lot going on. Let me try to get away. Yeah. Right. It reminds me of a lot of Stevie Wonder song Saturn. Mm. So just interesting <laughs> living in this world. And mm-hmm. especially when you're looking at it through an intersectional lens, like you talked about being a black woman. Especially as of late in this world, and we'll just, I mean, even this country, um, Mm -hmm. it's hard not to want to escape. 
Right. You know, and so I don't, exactly. I can't tell you how many times I've listened to Saturn this year because I'm just like that escapism that you talked about, just sort of fantasizing being somewhere else because it's literally been that fucking bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So when I listened to bands, that's what it reminded me of immediately. I was like, oh, this is an updated version of Saturn. Mm. Wow. That's a high compliment. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Definitely just trying to like encapsulate like, okay, the miniature things that goes on in my life or the miniature like issues or problems, but also like the bigger picture and the bigger issue of just like, okay, I need my space, right? Thinking about space, what does that mean? Like, it could be the space in your head or the space that we up above or the, you know, like, I need space, like all the above, <laughs> all the above. When did you start writing for this project? Was it during the pandemic? I think um, a lot of the songs on there that I produced myself, I kind of started like maybe 2020 October or maybe 2020 summer okay. where I had had gone through a lot and a lot of transitions. Like that was the first time, like, again, first of all, pandemic, first and foremost. And I had the first time I'm moving out was in on May 1st. Mm. So that was a lot for me. And I think I had a newfound freedom. I think I translated that with like music and like, trying to make more beats on my own, even if it sounded like a little beep, boop, beep, like, just trying to make something else. So I think I started writing for it slash making beats for it summer 2020. Okay. About then. And it sounds like it may have been born from a sort of combination of things happening in your personal life, but also things happening in the, in the world at large. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely shifts, shiftings and movings and movings away type stuff. Yeah. Throughout the album, you have this person saying it's the truth. And I'm 99.9% .9 sure it's Paul Mooney. Am I right? No. It's not Paul Mooney? It's Sun Ra. Oh, <laughs> damn it. He kind of like shares that journey with me. Like, because okay. my friend had just opened up for the Sun Ra Orchestra, Orchestra in oh, like wow. July. Yeah, she's uh -huh. a part of the band called Sisters of the Nitty Gritty. Oh, wow. With Angel Bat Dweep and oh, look, wow. me, shameless plug, but yeah, amazing. <laughs> like, yeah, but seeing that band still carry the spirit of Sun Ra, I was like, wow, like they on some other shit. Like <laughs> they on some space shit, right? And I think one day I was just like, I'm taking the essence of Sun Ra, a little bit of Sun Ra, that escapism, a lot of an interview where he's talking about like I'm not from here, like I don't want to be here, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and piece of that, and kind of just being like, and I found that like it's the truth thing on accident. I was like, what he say? <laughs> and I put it in there. I said it makes sense. <laughs> I was so convinced that it was Paul Mooney because he says that a lot in his stand up. So I was yeah, like, man, the voice, that. the voice sounds distorted. But I was like, man, that sounds like Paul Mooney. But Sun Ra totally makes sense for bands like. <laughs> I was like, wow, like Paul Mooney, like I couldn't hear it until you maybe said something. <laughs> <laughs> so that's funny. I suspected Sun Ra, but I couldn't find any evidence. You know, there's this uh, one. That's good, right? It, no, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm actually, Perfect. I mean, I know some people are not, don't want to talk about this. Like they don't want to talk about the source of the thing that they sampled. And mm -hmm. I fully respect that. So please let us know if you want us to 
edit this out, but um, I don't mind. <laughs> that's good because I'm excited about it. Um, yeah. You know, there's one line where he says, like, from a young age, I was unhappy with the planet. Yeah. And, and I was like, man, that really sounds like something Sun Ra would say. But like I said, I couldn't find any evidence. So that's that's dope. That's incredible. Yes, he definitely it definitely made sense when I like click the two things, my album and like this interview together and seeing my friend perform like her open up and them go like it's very spiritual and kind of like mm. they gone. They're not here. Right. They're not here. Like they're, they're somewhere else. Yeah. You know, speaking of the, the you know, the, that particular sample, I, I really enjoyed the production on this on this album. Um, mm hmm. It it feels like a blend of several different styles and it's constantly mm -hmm. moving. It really, I think, captured that tension that you were talking about earlier about like trying yeah. to find your space here, but also wanting to escape. Yeah. And I have a couple questions about about it. Um, of course. I mean, the first is your previous project, Miro, which was entirely produced by Morgan. Yes, love him. Yeah, which is also also a great also a great record. And I know we want to talk a little bit about that later. Yeah. But I'm wondering what led to the decision to handle so much of the production yourself on bands? Um, because I think I had a certain cohesiveness that I didn't realize I had until I stepped back and was like, I have a summer's worth of like little beats, little interludes, like things I was just playing with, like with effects. And I'm like, this makes sense <laughs> together. So I was just like, you know what? I've been waiting to put these pieces, these pieces of artwork somewhere and like i was like this is perfect like it makes sense even down to the little interludes where it sounds like stuff is falling it sounds like you know shit is moving that's i was like this just makes sense it sounds yeah <laughs> so it sounds like a lot of it you had so already like already made it was just waiting for the right time yeah because i think um like i tried to meditate on the ship um, it's not produced by me. It's produced by my friend Nate Calvin. And I had wrote to that months before I even thought about I got bands for the moon landing. But then I'm like, wait a minute. Like, this is also in theme, right? It's in theme. It tells the story. It moves the story forward. So, like, I'm going to put this next to, like, I don't know, tell me about the stars where there's, like, a frustration. A similar frustration, but in different, like, kind of mode. So, yeah. It's so much that they don't know. I feel what they do know is not even important. So it comes down to that point. Well, they don't really know anything. Proof of it is the state of the world today. Uh, nobody knows what to do. In the first place, the planet is sitting out in the midst of space. Just sitting out here. It's a liability. Uh, it's practically bankrupt as far as when it comes to they say the world is my oyster, oracle of poster, new before the knowing, ain't drinking potions, kept one eye open, Ollie off the nonsense. Cloud cover, what's the unknown? Trying to find a home in the blackness. Batch 
shit Say she crazy when the match lit Average, you niggas don't impress me The star said I'm sexy I'm moving like a chess piece When did you start getting into production? I would say, I think, you know, when I was like 16, 17, okay. I remember I would like carry this fat ass like laptop to high school when I knew we weren't doing nothing. Like it was like one of them days where I went to a selective enrollment school in Chicago. And that means you have a little more freedom than the other folks, whatever. But I had this fat ass laptop and I knew we weren't doing shit all day. I would just like sit there and learn FL Studio. <laughs> <laughs> off the demo off the demo you never bought it you just off the demo <laughs> i remember that i you know, remember that like, like, mm-hmm. so i just was like playing with sounds and i think other people the youth like area in the library you media that i always go to a lot of people were making their beats there too so i was like mm-hmm. you know like let me dabble so i think i did a little in high school i stopped for a long time and I kind of picked it back up like 2019, maybe mm. 2020. So yeah. Seems like it comes natural to you. I think so. I'm still I'm still learning and okay. I feel like I know a lot, but I don't at all. Like mm. drums, don't tell me to do no drums. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me to do no drums. <laughs> What are you talking about? I feel like I'm, <laughs> I can be, I can, like, I'll have moments. So like on the album, like the song never go, not with me. Like I made that beat and there's no, no samples on there or nothing. And like having to make, that was my proudest like drum moment because I'm like, this does not really happen for me. Like, I don't know what the disconnect is, but I don't know. I feel like I'm about to get an SP and like, I feel like that'll help me visualize better like drums and be mm. more in control of like that can't wait yeah <laughs> you say can't wait yeah <laughs> yeah new stuff coming i'm <laughs> sure all right the other aspect of the album that feels like it's always moving is your voice yeah you're, you're singing you're rapping you're rap singing i'm wondering mm-hmm. how, how much of that is improvised or or do you write lyrics that you know you want to sing when you lay it down Hmm. I think it depends on the moment. I feel like for me, I like not they drag racing in New York. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm in New York right now for the month, but but anywho, I feel like in the moment, if it calls for me to be like, oh, I feel like this emotion needs to be strained out more, like mm. you know, then I'll do it. But. I feel like sometimes I'll write it down and make it, it depends. It honestly depends on like what I'm either, if I'm recording something at 4 a.m. and it come out like that, I'm like, oh, that's nice. Let's just do that. Mm-hmm. If I'm like intentionally because of the rhythm of the beat, like mapping out where I'm going to put my voice, then like that is what I'll do. But it depends, I think. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's a feeling. You just like feel Yeah, it's out. definitely a feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we can um, transition a little bit to Mara. I love this album. Um, I think it's oh, so good. And so we talked about this already, but it's fully produced by Morgan, who I wasn't mm-hmm. familiar with until I heard this project. Um, I'm wondering, you know, because you're also a producer, mm-hmm. when you're collaborating with someone on a project and you're not 
in the producer's seat. How -hmm. much influence do you have on the direction of a project sound? To be honest, the reason I love Morgan so much is because we don't even need to be like talking for him to send something over, send stuff over, or I meet with him and he's like, I got this for you. Like, and it just makes sense to me. Like, I'm like, okay, I know exactly what to do here. Like, I think for me, it's crazy. Cause I know Morgan since he was like 17, 16, like, and I was like 18 or something. Like. <laughs> so after like maybe growing up in those similar spaces together, we knew, we knew each other's vibe and we knew, I knew where to fill in where he left the spaces in the beat for me. You know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, like, I like this style of beat. I feel like he's good at like, if I say I like this type of beat, he'll come back with something and it's kind of an extension of that. Or it's, it'll be like another version, but a, a different version of that same thing. So mm. I feel like I, I have control, creative control, if me and the person like are bond, bonded in a way. It's not creepy, but like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> have a connection right, yeah. established. Yeah. I was just talking about this with somebody, but yeah. Do you think having having those personal relationships with somebody before you're actually working on a project together makes for a better working relationship? Yes, absolutely. I literally was just having this conversation with, I'm at my homie best friend's house right now, a great producer, amazing like graphic designer. I'm plugging everybody today, but, (laughs) but like, I think that like, when you do establish that, like, I can be comfortable around this person, Mm. it's easier for you to make music because your guards are a little down, like, not everybody's gonna like, immediately put their guard down, but it's a sense of like, okay, I understand where we're coming from, like, the vantage point, and we can move from there, we can create from there, you know what I mean, I think, and I think like too, it's too much bullshittery in the scenes to like work with people you don't know them or work with people. Who, it's kind of like reckless because you could be making music with somebody who's like mad, bad, like intentions on other fronts. It doesn't even have to be in music, but just on other fronts. And that translates in the sound. Mm. That's gonna, if y'all not don't know each other, y'all awkward, it's gonna make, it's gonna sound like that in the, in the song. Like, you can also tell sometimes, if you do it right, you can't tell, but some songs, you can tell they record in separate studios or something like that. Yeah. If there's two yeah. people on a song, like, you can't hear that. Mm-hmm. And if they don't know each other, X, Y, Z. But, yeah, I think it's very important. Very, very, very important. And I think it has driven a lot of my, like, the shit that sounds good, or the pro- especially, like, producer-rapper relationships. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, it is very important significant yeah yeah i think um when you make music like yours which sounds like it's quite personal and like pretty vulnerable mm-hmm. and you don't know the person you're working with very very well or you don't feel mm-hmm. like some connection to them that vulnerability just doesn't come through and yeah in the music mm-hmm. or it does but it just sounds like not like Say it again, producer the rapper, it just sound all balanced. It just sound like right. y'all was in different places. Right, exactly. You know, head yeah. spaces, like it's different. So some people can do that, not me though. So 
you released Mira in February of this year, mm-hmm. and then Bands came out in September. So what led <laughs> to the decision to release two projects in the same year? To be honest, I didn't realize that that was weird until like I was having either a conversation with somebody or just like getting more into the business of music. Like, I guess it is weird for people to release two or multiple projects a year. But I think growing up in the scene and like underground scene, motherfuckers would put out like mad EPs like (laughs) back to back every other month. Like, I guess because I feel like people are always working. And I think for me, at least with Mira, Mira was done like three months before it came out. Mm. Right. And I'm already tired of hearing it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Not now. I love Mira. But like just a project in general, I'll be tired of hearing it. Yeah. By the time it's out. And then by the time two two months is in of other people listening to, I already have a completed project. Mm-hmm. I just sit on it more, and especially bands like was done for a match member looping, playing all over again, like over and over, just seeing if it was good. And I'm like, it's good. Is it bogus? <laughs> but um, I think that was just, I was used to like multiple projects, but smaller mm-hmm. ones too. Mm-hmm. But I think like, I'm actually shocked that I released two projects this year because bands took a little more time, took a little more time got it thank you i don't think it's weird at all that you've released multiple i mean i think depending on who you listen to that is very much the norm like releasing multiple projects a year yeah um not everybody does that of course but i don't think it's weird at all i think it makes a lot of sense yeah yeah i was like no go ahead no 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 No, you go (laughs) i feel like i wasn't gonna say nothing (laughs) no for real (laughs) And I lost it by this point, so you keep going. <laughs> I was no. just going to say two projects in a year kind of feels light to me in comparison oh. with other people. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you better, you better get to you work. Say, listen, no. get to work. Get to work. I, just, <laughs> I just think that's the culture we're in now. Yeah. Personally, for me, I think it's perfect like oh uh, for sure i can't yeah. i can't keep up i feel like most of the time it's hard uh, yeah so i yeah. agree i agree it is it is a lot like i feel like if i was to do three that'd be like too much in my mm-hmm. for me for me yeah mm-hmm. um, yeah because people still have to process like the other exactly the other, you know you gotta do your post rollout things right exactly could you tell us a little bit about how you ended up pursuing rapping as opposed to like being a singer or being a poet, how did you okay. how did you decide to pursue rapping? Okay, so I started in high school. All four years, I did a competition called Louder Than a Bomb through Young Chicago Authors. It's a Chicago-based like poetry competition for high schoolers, and like, I used to love that shot. Ate it up performing and like just getting. I was a good writer, so I was like, this is this lit. But I think at some point, I think. Towards the end of my freshman year, I'm gonna keep bringing up your media because it really, it really was the pivotal point I think in my artistry. But we're young as hell. They used to have a free studio. You just had to book it for an hour and you get out. You know. So this dude, he let me come in studio sessions like this short like dude. He looks young too. We kind of know what he doing. We don't know what he doing. <laughs> but he like rips a beat off YouTube, and he, he rips the beat off YouTube and. 
He's like, you want to get on this? I said, okay, like I'll get on it. And like, I wish I still had it. Like, I think I do. I could find it, but I just rapped on it. And I was like, hey, I'm not that bad. I'm pretty good. <laughs> and I think ever since then, like, I had a real pep in my step after that day. Like, mm. I was like, wow, like I can because I have this training as a as a poet since seventh grade, I can like curate that and mm. put that in different forms. I was like, no, like I can really rap. That's, that's it's very random, but it was like, okay, this is good. Like, let's do this. Were you? So yeah. Were you listening to rap at that time? Yeah, I think I grew up pretty much around different, like Jay Electronica. My dad would play that. Okay. Him for some reason, you know, <laughs> here and there, um, or I'll be listening to or hearing very kind of vulgar rap, yeah. very like kind of like rap battle esque, like. I put your mother in the dirt, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> and then it was like, you know, the most devs and Jill Scott, like all those folks, like mm-hmm. learning about them. But, but yeah, I think I was kind of like into it at a young age. My dad mm-hmm. was always listening to rap. So I was like, no, this is, yeah, yeah. this excites me. It right. got something in my heart. I was like, oh, mm. I like this. Yeah, I love well. that. I mean, it seems to me the future is bright. I mean, I think this year alone uh, has proven that you're an extremely talented, multifaceted artist. Thank you so much. Y'all hear that dog? Yeah. yeah. Is it loud or is it just kind of like faint? It's it's what it is. It's fine. I feel so. I'm like, I'm trying to do an interview. They really see nah, it. Nah, <laughs> it gives it this like real world quality, you know? No, but tell me why New York City is so loud. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why is it so loud? Calm down. Stand <laughs> <laughs> it down a little bit. Um, but yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that. I'm, I feel like I've been working at it and I'm not kidding for like five, six years. Like, So I think I was appreciative to start it young, to have resources to start it kind of like when I was a teenager, just fucking around to now and being 21 still, young as hell kind of know what i'm doing don't know what i'm doing (laughs) so just trying to i'm very excited that my art and my creativity has like taken me even to this point if it were to stop right here i'd be very grateful Hmm. because a lot of people have spoken on my life and spoke to me like you're gonna be successful i can see it in you like you're gonna be something everybody be like don't don't forget about me like what does that mean like i'm gonna just be like it's blank like <laughs> like it's blank like no so i appreciate that thank you so much yeah of course i think i've always been astounded by how young people are when they start out in the game and it just continues today like when i listen to yes. you and and other folks i'm just like they're how old and they're rapping <laughs> about this and they got this much wisdom like what <laughs> it just it's always surprising to me yeah but I think like that it just speaks to people's talent. Yeah, and like again, like I was so blessed to have mentors around me who want who loved me and people around me who even though I was not like well off at all, rich at none none of that, like I had love. I felt love, I felt community mm-hmm. throughout my teen years. It would get hard sometimes, but I had love and I think that that just I'm still it's like I'm on a jetpack and it's it's filled up with love. 
<laughs> and I'm like, you know, always finding new community and just refilling my pack. So yeah, that shit is so important. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so corny. I'm like, that's not corny. Yeah. I love that analogy. <laughs> that's a good analogy. Some things yeah. are just so true. important. Some things yeah. are just true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very grateful. All right, time to move on to potato. Oh shit. See, I know death is sacred and shit, but ain't nothing sacred about this eight in the clip held by your name raging for the hatred in the eighth of some piff. Make it exist and make it desist. The Lord giveth and taketh away in the same hit. You can't change shit. That's word to the people he came with until they lane switch. Car pulls to pain pits, exchanging the same gifts and layman's lame shit. Confused, watch who you fuse names with. We got a destination, this ain't it. Massive, makeshift arrangements ranging from your we kinda like a god to now he off that plane shit and you right. Cause I get ghosts like Malaysian planes over planes. If you judge or play games as a plaintiff, these niggas ain't shit. You ain't felt the pain and the anguish the game came with. <laughs> every episode we ask our guests to pick uh, an album that was important influential uh, to them and mm -hmm. and we just try to have a conversation about that record turn them into fans right and uh talk about the music so you yes. pick you pick this album potato by Javon, which uh you know ian i'll freely admit we had not heard of previously and we actually, uh, we get excited when that happens because yes. we love learning about, about new music. So yes. tell us a bit about how you discovered this project. Oh my God, like it would be lovely if y'all like was like put Potato as the title and then No Motions because I feel like two of his projects, like No Motions is the first project I found of Javon. And I think I was just on YouTube on some bullshit. <laughs> and I just found like a random video of like an animated cat, like in a yellow disc, in a yellow like square. And I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I clicked on it and it's just, this man is like rapping like quick, not quite twisted, but like he's very agile, like a cat, literally like, mm rapping his words very smart and articulate and kind of like mm -hmm. crawling through the beat and like i don't know no motions is just amazing amazing project i hope y'all can listen to it like after this interview but it's the beats are like the basis i don't know everything about it and potato followed because i was like who is this person i seen it was like a six minute long kind of trailer type video where it was like an animation of this we these weird images. And turns out Jay Bon is like an animator, a producer, and a rapper. Mm. And at like 17, I was like, oh my gosh, you could do all three. Like I was just astounded. I was like, oh my God. So I think from there I started like a little wormhole, like a rabbit hole of like, what is Jay Bon? Like, what's this music? And I found Potato. Mm. You mentioned to us when you when you picked this uh, album that really influenced you as an MC. What do you think it was mm -hmm. about Javon and like his approach that was so influential? I think like his way, very smart word selection and it makes sense. And it made like, again, like the cat analogy, like he was very smart about his words and knew how to maneuver them and knew how to like duck and weave with the beat. You know what I mean? So I was just like, this 
is how not how I want to rap because I was already rapping, but I was just like, this is like the music I've been waiting to hear. Yeah. Somebody like kind of rap like have the skill of the old school or whatever or the funda you know the bass hip hop heads but also can do it in a way that's not like boring or just not like the regular like dun dun dun, dun, dun you know right. yeah 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 it caught my attention yeah yeah he is he is agile and or it's interesting because you you describe mm-hmm. him like you I heard you like compare him to Twister a little bit with how fast he raps sometimes but yeah to me he's like, al- not quite but right yeah I could see that comparison but to mm-hmm. me he's also like really articulate with his words and syllables like he's he's yes. he's he speaks things very clearly and intentionally like he really yes. he really wants you to hear what he's saying yes. yes yeah it's 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 very. I think sometimes it's really easy to get caught up in in all that makes a song like the beat, mm-hmm. the lyricism. It, but I I felt myself really paying attention to him, like mm-hmm. I didn't get distracted. Right. Um, you know what I mean? You you're allowed. I, I think that's really strategic, like picking the mm-hmm. right beats so that your lyricism comes across in a way that listeners are able to really soak in what you're saying. Yes, um, yes there's a whole like i think that there's definitely like some thought behind that and you can tell when you listen to this album yes and he's great at building a universe a world in the projects mm-hmm. right he's talking about like mm-hmm. even though every song isn't necessarily on the subject like he ties it the production definitely carries the story yeah. and carries whatever world we're in we're in a one world in this project mm-hmm. and i think i loved that mm-hmm. i was just like i love the concept of creating worlds or the concept of create what does this world look like yeah that was mm-hmm. one of my favorite workshops when i was doing like poetry they would have a workshop that said okay create your own universe or like what does the world look like for you if you could build it like mm-hmm. he did that excellently <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's something natural about like his his unique style that kind of does that mm-hmm. automatically, mm-hmm. and then and then he adds on to it with the content. Yes, he really does. Uh, I love it. <laughs> I, I think my it holds dear in my heart because it was one of the first projects that made me be that I kind of fully found on my own that nobody else was talking about Mm -hmm. because he's super low-key like when I found him he's like super like I think he's in Seattle or from Seattle and he's like I'm like I heard nobody mention that that nigga like (laughs) I heard nobody mention so I was just very had it tucked in my pocket it felt like like a little secret so it's very dear to me yeah I like Rob said earlier I'm glad you picked this because I, I had never heard of him or this album Mm-hmm. And I and part of me, when it comes to this segment of the show and our guests have to pick an album, part of me always expects them to pick an album that the community largely defines as a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, but this just made me realize that we control that narrative. Like we individually yes, we decide what's a classic to us, what's sacred to us when we talk about hip hop. So I, I wondered for you, you know, well, one, would you consider this a classic? And two, what in your mind makes something a classic work of art? Oh my God, I feel like I had an argument with somebody about what classic means. <laughs> because somebody did give me the point of like, a classic isn't necessarily like the best thing, 
but it is like something I guess well known by society as like the marked classic but I feel like classic is very can be very individualized and I think it just means something for me it kind of has like nostalgia factor to it it has like an origin to it because I feel like a lot of times we talk about classic we talk about the beginning of um, era of music perhaps or like the beginning of like whoever's artist shit like that was right mm-hmm. so I just think that for me classic means a nostalgic like base point or something you always call back to in your individual life now society has its like classics like hip-hop has its like classics but I think it can be very individual personally I love that. Yeah. I literally had a fight about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think like we was like very arguing about like classic. You got heated. Hmm. I I think that's why there's a lot of arguments when people talk about hip hop because yeah. it's, because it's so it varies across the board because it's literally individual people saying no, this is a classic. No, this is a classic. Exactly. No, this is what you know. Um, I mean, I think there are a few pieces that people like generally agree on, mm-hmm. but. For the large part, I I do think that we as fans, as listeners, are the ones that control that. To be honest, and I think like a lot of people, we love arguing. It's just it is kind of fun arguing over like <laughs> that's a classic. No, it's not. Like it's not a classic. <laughs> yeah. In reality, like both can coexist. Like exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, both yeah right. Can coexist. There's room for everybody. Yeah. There's room for everybody. Yeah. Like, we gotta learn. Yes. That. Yes, yes, Jay-Z and us, you know, classic, I guess, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's room for everybody and everything, and it's stupid to think, like, there is, I will say, though, people know, should know what's good and what's, like, not good. Like, we know that. Yeah. We know that for sure. <laughs> yeah, like, we let's... know what's good and what's not good, like, mm-hmm. but certain classics are definitely debatable, yeah. rightfully so. Mm. And it's not a right answer. Yeah. I agree with that 100%. Was Potato also influential on your approach to making beats? I think so. I think it always echoed in my mind, but I think what Potato did more so was just let me know that you kind of do whatever for You can do whatever the hell. Mm. <laughs> like you can make, there's no right, like we were just talking about, there's no right answer for making music, yeah. especially nowadays. You can do whatever you kind of want and I think it was more of the validation being younger that I needed to be like okay like it's free reign if I feel like I want to make some weird like piano beat that's like kind of offbeat but not beat not not offbeat (laughs) then I'm gonna do that and I just think it was very much so validation for me and less of like I would like go back and study it and it's just kind of like, you know, I like this. I'm going to keep this in my pocket. I'm always remember this and call back to it. But yeah, I needed that when I was that age. Mm. I love when people go outside of the box. Yeah. yeah. And it happens a lot more in hip hop now. Yes. And I just feel like to for it to have been in that like era, I don't think I was old enough to comprehend like what scene he was in or what, what that looked like. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like it was very like, progressive it's very like all right just that off kilter like i'm gonna do whatever type yeah. music and i loved it ate it right up <laughs> what she want me on all fours like a dog for begging 
that's uncalled for and never what I call for. Took a swing like a golf tour, but didn't call for. But shorty still got the spells that I fall for. Summertime, why he buying all his clothes for the fall for? Why you acting flaw for? That's my season. And plus, I'm seasoning the deals on things out of season. And once the weather starts heating, I plan to make it sacred with her and me then. This taste, this taste, and hate it even. But I had some dreams of forming a legion, storming the region somewhere. So why buy summer wear that only summer wear? Especially if your lady just wants what's under the underwear. You can swerve, some will care. Curly headed Miss Potato Head, girl, we can stay in bed. Or stay astray away in the days ahead. Afro love, I gaze at the head. It's chill. So I come, coming back for you. But not for you. Not for you. But who you used to be. Yeah. Who you used to be. It's funny, I'm thinking about you saying, like, considering what scene he was in, I've realized that that happens to me on instinct. Like, I find myself, like, immediately thinking, like, okay, who does this artist work with? Mm-hmm. What group do, do they go with? Like, how do I how do I categorize this? As opposed to being, like, this is a unique individual piece of work that I, like, right. don't need to compare to anything. I just need to listen to it. Literally. It's his own thing. Yeah. I think what I really, so like one correlation I made between this album and your own work, particularly bands, mm-hmm. is the use of sampling mm-hmm. and how strategic it is. And when you're making it part of the story, mm-hmm. I really like what he does on here with the good time samples. And yeah. the one before, I don't know where it's from, but it's a clip and it comes on right before he's talking about Jackie Robinson and the in the intro track but it's perfect mm. like the segment is perfect um yeah but I just I really have come to appreciate that as of late because I think I've listened to a lot of good work where people really place the samples perfectly within the music I think right. you're an example of that and I don't know. I don't know if I have a question. I just want to. <laughs> I just, yeah. I just, I just wanted to say that I appreciate that, and and that's something. When I listened to Potato, it reminded me of bands and and what you did on that album. Thank you. I just love samples. I don't care what nobody say. I think they're like they're amazing, mm-hmm. and probably one of the best discoveries <laughs> of our time, for mm-hmm. real. Because you can sample anything. Like sampling is just more than like taking old music. You can sample. Your toes clacking, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> simple anything. <laughs> and it's just great because you just, again, reimagining your world. What does your world look like? Mm. It's yeah. like in the dream, like stuff is stuff is regular, but it's not regular. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you're yeah. curating your own universe in your head, mm. basically. Yeah, with what you know. Can I just say that you're very wise? Me? You no, know, you're like dropping gems, and I'm just like, damn. <laughs> Thank you. I okay, think like yeah. I've either been here before or just had to grow up too fast. I feel <laughs> like that's another like facet, but yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you. It help. It helps a lot for sure. Like I yeah. like I'm. I feel like I'm not gonna be like oh like other 21 year olds. I can't like. That's not true. I love to tee up and turn up, but I think it helps. I have this this <laughs> this intuition that. I don't know where it came from or curated from, but I'm like, again, grateful for it. And I can always call on, you know, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, absolutely. 
I, I don't know. I just, you've, you've used some great analogies tonight and some of the things <laughs> you're saying, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I like need a notepad. I'm like, fuck, I didn't write this down. But, <laughs> write this? <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm still, I'm trying to learn, like, I don't know. I feel like life is at a point right now for me where I'm, and I'm sure y'all can attest to this, probably have been there, but I'm just trying to figure it all out. Like, the pieces aren't all together, but I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah. I hear you. you. Know, I feel like we all are low-key, no matter the age. Yeah. That's very true. I, yes. I'm not sure anyone really knows. What... <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure anyone really knows what they're doing. Yeah. It's just playing a role to you you fall into it yeah yeah has that been difficult to do in chicago i, I know you said you're in new york now and, and i i get the sense that you've been sort of teaming up with new york centered folks recently yeah has it been difficult to like sort of find your way in chicago i think since i was just born and raised there and i'm still there i'm itching to like leave the the nest mm. the city being the nest like i already moved out into an apartment i love the freedom but I think Chicago, I'm afraid of getting like the Chicago stuck, mm. which in my, that's how I say it, but I feel like a lot of, probably in major cities, but in Chicago specifically, I've seen a lot of people like be big in the city and kind of stop there mm. and kind of like let let it be like that. And when I say big, I don't even mean like outside validation and fans, I mean like in the skill. Cause I feel like a lot of people be like, okay, I did this. Like I'm getting these placements. I'm getting like this Chicago love. I'm going to stop here because it seems like it's working here. Why is it not working everywhere else? And I think like mm. two, the intentions are like weird for folks. I think a lot, a lot more people want that external validation mm. and they, they want, and I'm sure again, this is not Chicago only, but I think in that city, it feels suffocating at times and it feels like if I don't bust a move that I, yeah, I could get stuck mm. and I've seen it. So I'd be scared. I'd be like, all right. And also I, it kind of, the New York connections kind of fell into place. Very, like I know one of my friends met one of my friends on SoundCloud in 2016. Ever since then we've been friends like yeah. in the person. Okay. And all the other like connections just fell into place. Mm. So I just think Chicago feels like a little stuffy for me, but yeah. I still like it though. After I look, you have to like just talk shit. I'm like, I still like. <laughs> I like it though. No, I think that's a good point. I think probably everybody feels like that about the place they grew up in, whether mm -hmm. that's Chicago, New York, small town. Yep. You know. Yeah, I think it's just like being. The fifth, you're definitely born and raised somewhere, you're gonna get like kind of tired of it or want to branch out. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and I think my family too never moved out of the city. That's where they were comfortable, and I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> I'm like, even though I have not moved yet, I mean, like they've never like reached out or had people in another state. Yeah. Mm. You know. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? Let me, let me do it. Move. Let me do it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for uh, putting us on to Javon, um, mm -hmm. Potato in particular. What do you want folks to know about you, your music? What's, what do you want folks to tap into? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, 
I think I want people to know that it is my time. <laughs> and especially like being who I am, I'm just for first and foremost grateful for anybody who has like shared that community with me. Like I'm grateful to have the people around me that I do. I love them dearly, dearly. And yeah, I'm just grateful all around. Again, grateful for you guys, like the connection of gang yeah. with y'all. You know what I mean? That's yeah. just very beautiful. And yeah, I'm just grateful. And it's my time. Like I'm ready. I'm ready, world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like I'm forever growing. So I'm, I hope that people stick with my journey and we'll see where it ends up. Uh, where can people find your music and support you? So you can find my music everywhere. I especially love when people support me on Bandcamp. Samir Truth, S-E-M-I-R-A-T-R-U-T-H. Please buy my stuff. It helps a lot. Buy cassettes. They're on Bandcamp. Like, yeah, you can find my music everywhere, though. Apple Music, Spotify, all them streaming things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You mentioned um, cassettes and you mentioned gang. Uh, well, shout out, yes. to, shout out to him because he helped us. He helped facilitate this uh, this meeting of the minds tonight. So uh, yes, shout out to gang. gang is an OG. Shout out PTP. Mm-hmm. Again, my community in New York. Like I love gang so much. Like he's helped me a lot. Like the cassettes were so smooth and such a smooth transition, and I was grateful to trust somebody in that and them being so excited about it and for them being so excited about me. So like all love to gang, like yeah. the same. <laughs> yes. I thought about him when you were talking about having a connection with someone before making music with them or teaming up with them, mm-hmm. collaborating with them. I know he's big mm-hmm. on that. He likes to sit down and eat with people before building <laughs> building with them in the studio or, or, or collaborating. He's a weird guy, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, <laughs> I'm trying to get Rob caught up. No, but I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love gang. It's been so many times where we're like, yeah, we're going to talk about cassettes. And it, and like, we just go and we talk. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, oh shit, I got to go, man. <laughs> but <laughs> like, like, I just always love his conversation and he's, he's great. He's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, go, go buy a cassette, go to Bandcamp, get the cassette. Yes. Digital download. Tap in. Please. Mm-hmm. Tap in. Tap in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so awkward, y'all. That's okay. That's okay. I feel awkward every time we do this. Somehow it works out, so yeah. it's all good. I'm, I was so stoked. I don't even use that word. I'm just stoked <laughs> to see that y'all interview Young Morpheus. Oh, yeah. Oh, He's great. I love Young Morpheus. Mm-hmm. Me too. I was like fanning like- out that day. I... <laughs> Mm-hmm. I love Young Morpheus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's what? great. Yeah, I cannot wait to meet him. I can. I'm gonna meet him. It's like when I don't get know, that collab I'm... going. Yeah, let's get. Oh, let's it get would something... be great. That feels inevitable to me. That's gonna happen. Yeah, it'll happen. Yeah. It's like when we don't know. Yeah, it'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> the universe. The universe will make some moves. Absolutely. But yeah. Thank y'all for talking with me. Yeah. yeah th- absolutely. Thank you again was... for for joining us. Had a great time. I was very nervous because I think you guys are the first people. I've done interviews before, obviously, like you've seen the smoke break thing. 
but people who I don't know beforehand, like mm. y'all, the first interview for that, and I'm just like, ah. <laughs> like what do you, what do they want to know? <laughs> what do they want to know? We're always but, nervous. So really, yeah. Why? Yes. What y'all in y'all in control of this show? <laughs> Because we're talking so to scary. people that we just, yeah, that and like, I just feel like we're talking to like bomb ass people. I mean, y'all are out here doing bomb ass things and I just am in awe of the guests we have on. So I'm always like, eh. Oh my God. No, this is amazing. Thank you. Thank y'all. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank y'all for listening. This has been the next movement. You can find us. We don't ever do this part anymore. You can find us on Instagram at the next movement pod you can find us on twitter at next movement pod if you search the internet for the next movement podcast go to google and search the next movement podcast you'll find <laughs> you'll find us on multiple platforms we're everywhere all right that's it that's all <laughs> that was amazing <laughs> great job i would have fucked that up well once again thank you for listening this has been the next movement peace, peace. out peace you ever seen a teary-eyed bitch patch stitch with a melody? Can't catch felonies, heaven's gates head to me. I want it all, so it's mine. Who to find what I'm eating off the brine? Ain't blind to the bullshit, meet you in a bullpit, player. Ain't got shit to say, uh. What do I do with the anger in my blood? Wash my sins away with the herbs up in the tub. I want it all, so it's mine, yeah, nigga. I think about it all the time, it flicker. Lights go boom, boom, pow. Walk in the room, they say, oh, wow. This is so shit, but it seemed profound. Uh, knock, knock, argue there. Oh shit, how my mind went so bare. I can't grasp it, can't grasp it, can't grasp it, can't grasp it. But I ain't passive slapstick. Funny when I hurt, got the pain on my shirt. They told me not to wear it to the gala. Fuck the white folks with the powder. Blended in, you got the creases looking sour. Where my mind go when it's half past four? God shit, I, I, I. I try to meditate, head running races, feel like featherweight, gold bright fly, ain't the time sit down, sub line, loving on the mundane, how special, sitting down pretzel, mind playing ping pong, pity is a theme song.